The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jp john pause with me today very special guest he was known as alexander wolf in nxt and wb of course he's a former nxt world tag team champion he is axel tisher aka alexander wolf welcome to the two-man power trip how you doing hey i'm doing great so far as i mentioned before stressful day but uh thank you for having me thanks for the invitation i'm looking forward to be on your show so what's going on in your world what are you up to uh <laughs> let's start with a negative yeah no today was was let's say uh a very stressful and challenging way just to call it in a in a very business polite way uh today in normal life uh where you got some issues with your car and got you got some issues with some other bs and yeah even as a professional wrestler normal life is come and get you sooner or later no but um yeah fortunately um it's it's a it's a nice nice peaceful life right now in my case uh shows and bookings are coming up so i'm i'm busy in in a nice way as well and yeah i'm up to right now just uh, making myself uh busy in the independent circuit and just uh you know try to get as most recognition and uh, throw my name out there again uh, just to you know keep myself busy and just improving day in day out what's the scene like over there in germany like the, the wrestling scene how is it over there uh right now it's kind of like coming out of the pandemic out of the two years break or anti arena shows and uh matches show uh events however you want to call it um it seems like Germany is now starting to pick it back up to where it was 2020, which was a good year, um, especially like for promotions like WXW where they had shows with full capacity, where uh, Six and Carrot, for example, had like three days in a row over thousand people in the in the venue, which was pretty impressive for a German standard. Because I remember the days where before I got signed, we, we start picking up uh, like some steam and just 
getting more people in the venues, touring around Germany and even like some other countries in uh, Europe as well with WXW. So to see them, uh, how far they came 2020 and then just to see how much the, um, let's say, forced downfall was because it was not, you know, because of WXW, it was because of pandemic and because of regulations and now they pick up the steam again just to uh you know draw a good number of people back into the venues and now it's just seeing the german wrestling scene kind of like coming back up after the pandemic um piece by piece and show by show um of course there are a lot of promotions in germany they're you know still not there where they should be quality wise and working wise but you have also a lot of uh potentially big major companies in Germany as well. But um, still, like, the biggest company is WXW, and they're doing good, and majority of resting in Germany is doing good. And a lot of talents, they, they came out of the pandemic, never seen on big stages, and they used the platform during the pandemic, during those empty arena uh, shows. And now they kind of earned themselves uh, earned themselves uh, a spot on the bigger platforms like WXW so now they're booked constantly now on those shows and yeah overall it's quite positive and yeah let's see how this year is doing with the German wrestling scene if there's you know a steady steady show um, schedule if it's still um, something coming like a lockdown or whatever, which I hope not because lockdown sucks for everybody. So we'll see. But again, it's it looks quite positive here. I know WXW obviously was 16 carat and all that other stuff. I mean, they used to bring in like guys from all over the place, like all over the world, like Danielson, yeah. Tommy and El Generico. I know guys that you're very familiar with, you wrestled with, but it's funny. It's like, wow, they, they used to, I mean, maybe now they can again once this pandemic kind of passes over, but that was like big time for Germany. I mean, it was, everybody went over the hero. I mean, everybody would wrestle over there. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Tommy and actually he lived just a few hours from Oberhausen. So he's a homegrown WXW guy. Um, but, um, uh, so, but he's now internationally famous, so maybe that's why he's like one of the big clients right now. Um, no, but actually, uh, that's the thing with WXW. They, they started being a promotion where they kind of like brought in guys like Danny Bryan and, or Brian Dennison. Um, and Chris Hero was one of the bigger, uh, flying guys who came to Germany and wrestled WXW and helped him to evolve to uh, a better product just he shared his knowledge and everything and then brought him some more guys from the states from england from japan where like wrestlers like tommy and or a walter or myself they had the chance to work with talents on that top level and just to improve and not only talents also wxw so for example i remember there was uh, a training seminar with Fit Finlay and he changed my whole perspective of uh, how to wrestle a match or how to see professional wrestling as a whole. And even with the knowledge I had before collected in some European indie scenes, 
with that knowledge on top, it created myself like a whole new wrestler. And also the knowledge he had from wrestling promotions and like from being producer or being uh, uh, a coach for WWE, uh, for example, just helped WXW also evolve and create this this whole like brand of an, of the biggest company right now in, in Germany, if not Europe. So in general, like it's it's awesome just to uh, to have like a promotion as an as an home promotion, which is uh, came f- came from like so little and just came so far right now. Just you know, working together with WWE, for example, is, is also like a, a badge of honor, uh, so to speak, because I assume WWE would not pick everybody uh, just to you know work with them together. So yeah. Hard work pays off. So WXW, is that kind of where you got noticed by Triple H and NXT and, and so forth? Is that kind of how you got noticed originally when you uh, first got brought in? Kind of, kind of. I got um I got an no no not I uh, got an um I got a message from a former co-worker from WXW. Uh his name was Sebastian Sage. But his real name is Sebastian Hackel. And Sebastian Hackel is the current German uh, WWE commentator for Raw. Uh, he used to be a wrestler and he wrestled for Six and Carrots. And I believe it was 2013. He was there and he wrestled a couple times. Then he had to re- retire. Probably uh, he went 100% for WWE commentator, which is obviously. Uh, and more lucrative choice uh, than to be a professional wrestler or just try to become one in the in the in the case of independent wrestling. And because I knew him, because I was getting along with him, uh, he knew kind of WWE came to Europe and they the word came around that they are scouting for German talents. And what I heard afterwards, they wanted to bring in the first big international group for NXT, and they've been looking for German talents. So he sent me a message, and I guess because we got along really good, um, if I would be interested to do a WWE tryout. And even in that time, I was not really interested in, uh, because I, I was not a WWE fan that time. Um, I was before, but that time era, 2014, I wasn't watching it at all. Uh, I was kind of like, yeah, it's cool. WWE is awesome. Major uh, League and great experience. I do not think they will sign me, but hey, there's nothing to lose. There's more to gain, for sure. Experience, and I heard uh, you get paid for the tryout, so hey, why not? But even like if I never would get signed, let's, let's make sure... You know, I, I, I give them my best. So I said, yeah, would be interested. Um, he hooked me up with a contact. I got contacted by WWE. I sent him some pictures, biography, et cetera, et cetera. And then I got the invitation. And I guess I did well, so I got signed. And rest is history. Do you remember, like, who was the one that signed you? Was it, like, Kenny Seaman or was it Johnny Ace? Or who was, like, the guy that actually brought you on board? Kenny uh, Seaman. Yeah, he got in contact with me and uh, I talked with him a lot during the tryout. 
it seems like he was interested in, in my persona. And then everything else uh, with NXT and everything was kind of seeming. So I had a very good working relationship with him. He was a awesome guy to be around with and very straight and honest guy, which I appreciate. He did not beat around the bush too much, which I love. And he understood the perspectives of uh, international talents. Um, I do not know Johnny Ace too much. I met him a couple times. Um, just simple small talk stuff, but never had like a really deep conversation with him as I had with Kenny Seaman. Um, and like stories, what I heard was is kind of not as uh, Kenny Seaman. So again, I can't and will not judge about him. But I was very happy uh, when I hear that that I was more in contact with Kenny Seaman uh, about like talent relations stuff. And yeah, so great memories. Uh, about Canyon and then very happy to meet him. So, yeah. When you come over here, obviously, is it like a culture shock for you? Cause you know, you're coming, you're living in Florida. You got to go to the performance center. You live in the United States. Was it a culture shock for you? Uh, first, not really. Cause I was more focused on doing the job, but then when you settle down and you realize, Oh, you live actually now here. So then the culture shock came a little bit. Um, Culture shock because of uh, even if Germany in the States is kind of similar, like, you know, Western culture, everything, um, it's still different. Like the difference in, uh, in, in the States, for example, everybody's more open to, to, you know, have a small talk or just, you know, being, being easy to, to be around with. And we Germans are sometimes a little bit rude. But not intentionally rude, but for other people rude. And and um, yeah, for example, if, if hey, how are you? You don't ask anybody you do not know personally how somebody is. It's, it's just hello and goodbye, or guten Tag and auf Wiedersehen. It's just very very straight, very very simple. Nothing chatty, nothing small talk, nothing breaking the ice, whatever. It's just. You know, everything is kind of more like business than than uh, business personal, if that makes sense. So that was one of the things where I kind of like had to adjust with, but not really. It, it was kind of odd, like somebody's asking me, hey, nice to see you again. How are you? And I think, do we know each other? No. Who are you? Right. What do you want from me? So that was one of the things. But otherwise, like food, okay. That was also different because, like, uh, Germany is very like uh, like a lot of history of food, like very traditional stuff. In America, it seems to be it was only fast food, but then you kind of had more time to discover stuff and figure out that everything was kind of like put together from different cultures ish. So you had like the, the Hispanic food, of course, in Florida. And you had more like the traditional food, which came more like influence from the Italian part, or you had like a big Polish community. So in the end, you have every kind of like traditional food. But when you when you when you try to find something which is more kind of like authentic German food, especially like something with bread, you definitely you you do not find it in America, for example. And for me, it was always like I'm, I love bread and like fresh bakery stuff, like pastry stuff. And even if the pastry stuff is also good in America, it's not the same as in Germany, for example. So that was something when you'd be a little bit homesick, you would think you would find something, but it's kind of like you know when you when you want to get like a, a like something like a, a 
a proper bread, like raya, for example, like a dark bread, you always find the dark bread, but it's soft as a toast. Hmm. You know, so and, and it's always like soft. So you it's not with it, like yeah. crusty and everything. So and that's that was also like a little culture shock thing. But in the end, it's kind of like um, not not um, over the moon. You know what I mean? So I had it here and there a little bit. But in the end, I got used to it very quick. And, you know, I enjoyed my life over there. I lived six years in Florida and I uh, still to this day miss it. You know, especially with the weather. Now now summer is coming back to Germany. But I'm still miss Florida though. Miss my palm trees. Yeah. yeah for example. Oh, that's that's sad. I'm, I'm yep, kind of sitting in my uh, office slash closet. Saw the hat right there. <laughs> nice. With like you being down there in Florida, the performance center, you're you're in NXT. When do they give you the name? When do they give you Alexander Wolf? Like do you create it? They create it? like when do you get the name and stuff? Uh, came up uh, out of uh, one of my choices. So um, they came up with some names, and I didn't like any of those because they've been like older German names. And I think we we have uh, we have a rich culture here in Germany. So that's more than just World War II. <laughs> right. um, so and I believed, okay, um, of course stereotypical right the german guy let's 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 call him some 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 old-fashioned german name yep um and i think it's funny to mention that but like we see now uh my my old partners they they got new names as well and it's pretty like old school german names yeah ludwig uh, kaiser and gunther instead of Walter. yeah yeah yep yeah so and yep. even walters is an older yeah. uh name for, like Germany, Austria, like German-speaking uh, countries, okay. but it's it sounds very, you know, nineteen thirties ish. And for me, was the thing I do, I like my goal was I do not want to get any kind of role which is kind of like goes towards like Nazi German Third Reich, yeah, ish. Because the thing is, I'm not saying people are not educated, but let's say people sometimes are not educated enough to 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 do know that germany did exist before world war ii so not all the time if somebody got called adolf for example is related to adolf hitler but adolf was actually a legit first name and a lot of people back in the day called adolf and back in the day they had the beard and they had the hair so and you combine everything you have Adolf Hitler. So, yeah. but back in the day, that was, you know, the way they looked. So, if, if today Justin Bieber would be the next Adolf Hitler, next days, uh, next decades, nobody would look like Justin Bieber anymore, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, kind of like my thought on that. But for me, was the thing. So, my real name is Axel. Okay. So, it could be a typical German name as well. Or even like if you, if you would, uh, Ludwig Kaiser. So, former name was Marcel Bartel. So, but Bartel sounds a little bit more French. But if you would speak it in German, it's Marcel Bartel. So, it sounds German as well. But it's, it's Ludwig Kaiser. Okay. It, with, with Gunther, Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, it fits the whole character. 
it fits like the way they they look alike and they they kind of present themselves so the names are are great for like the way they are the way they act but they are not world war ii guys that's the thing so they can pull it off um in in my mind when i got the name of Liz, i went through there i told them right away hey um all those names if i would get one of those names German media would right away say WWE will make me to the next World War II character, Nazi character, whatever you call it. And German media is very sensitive about it. And media in general is going nuts because they want to have this negative headline, right? So as, as we have seen with Gunter, for example, Gunter Stark, oh, the SS U-boat commander, yeah. So, and here's the other thing. Yeah, maybe. So you could see there was an SS U-boat commander. His name was Gunter Stark, but there are probably a thousand of other Gunter Starks around there with that name. But this right, one yeah, guy, yeah. Yep. right? So here's and and that that was one of my thoughts. Where it's it's kind of like you know it's it's the needle in the haystack, but they will find it for sure. So and I of course if if you if you not say against uh, their ideas. If you not for their ideas, you need to have an alternative. So they told me, hey, what do you have in mind? And I already knew because I talked with some guys and say, hey, uh, just make sure you, you have ideas for names. Sooner or later, they will come up to you, will give you a name, or they will ask you, choose one. So if you have your own stuff ready, you do not have to... Um, or let's say you do not step on their toes if you refuse to take one of those names. So, and I had some names ready. Three first names was Arnold, Axel, and Alexander. No, actually, Alexander, Arnold, and then Axel, but Axel without an E, like Axel Rose. I think yeah. it was AXL. Yep. And then the uh, last names, the first was Wolf, but without the E. Fox, or uh, uh, I think Fuchs, so the German name for Fox. And they took the first one. But Alexander in normal writing, and Wolf with the E on the end, I think, to to brand it, to copyright it. So I got lucky with that. I got what I wanted. And I was very happy with that name, because it was it was okay. It, uh, uh, I had uh, my thought behind that name was that I knew because I am a German guy in America, I would be, you know, first choice would be a bad guy. And German history is more, again, than World War II. It's also with like fairy tales of so Brother Grimm, for example. Brother Grimm fairy tales being very dark and like sinister. And because I lived in Orlando, what else is in Orlando? Disney parks. So in Disney, it tells all like the fairy tales of uh, um, like Snow White and Hunchman and like all the other like Brother Grimm fairy tales. And like the real fairy tales are not about singing and dancing and happy ending. Like the real Brother Grimm fairy tales are very, very sinister and very, very violent and everything. So basically you hide the truth from the people. And always in the Brother Grimm fairy tales, the villain was always the wolf because the majority of the of the uh, fairy tales was around the time where 
you could not go by yourself into the woods because as soon as it, get, uh, it gets dark, you probably get uh, hunted down by wolves, by a pack of wolves or by uh, a lone wolf, whatever, because, you know, you, you're not the top predator in the wood. So I was like, okay, let's, let's try to go for wolf because, you know, when you, when you have, for example, um, Red Riding Hood, you know, the little girl walks through a wood and then the wolf comes down and just, you know, yeah. ask her where you're going. So, so be kind of like a creepy, intimidating, but also like a very strong animal. And I always consider myself, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the weakest, I'm not the tallest, I'm not the smallest. So I always try to play around like the character that, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I try to be the wolf. I can be a lone wolf, but I can be, you know, work in a pack. I can be a pack leader. So it's, it's, it's a healthy middle. It's like an all-rounder. So eventually, which is good, they don't really give you the German gimmick like with Walter and and uh, Marcel and Fabian. Like they kind of give you a completely different thing when they put you with Sawyer Fulton and then become Sanity. So how did Sanity yeah. kind of all come together? How, like with the group and and like whose idea is it? Yeah, I mean, I, later I got the German character a little bit with Imperial. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, with with Sanity, like the the good thing with Sanity was. It was for me the time just to get out of my shell and just to um, become more the entertainer than the wrestler, even if that was a little bit a bumpy road for myself. But it came all together with like Sawyer Fulton was teaming up with some other guys before, was Sammy Callahan and Marcus Lee. And they planned to do the sanity act with them. But then Sammy was not happy with NXT anymore. So he, he went and. He, you know, he, he wanted to have has uh, you want, sorry, he wanted to have uh, have his release. Here we go. Yep. Ah, too late for me. And then Marcus Lee got got uh, released as well. So Sir Fulton in the end was kind of like a little bit bumped down, and he, he did not want to uh, have anything uh, have anything to do with tag teams anymore. But then we get uh, we get put together with uh, in a tag team situation for the Florida house shows. So and then it turned out to be a, a good act, and uh, they saw okay, it's working. The reports been really good, and we kind of click good together. We we get along really good, uh, still to this day. We haven't we haven't spoke in person for ages, but like here and there, we you know we text each other. But in the end, was that they had the idea, and they wanted to have us for that. Then they introduced us to Eric Young, and then we got the idea from from William Regal. He told us that Triple H has the idea that he wants to have a group like the guys from Smoking Aces. He spoke about the Tremor Brothers. Great movie. So if you haven't watched it, watch the movie. Uh, Tremor Brothers been very chaotic. Um, Hitman's mercenary kind of style. Uh, you know, you uh, they go into a house and blow it up just to kill one guy type of but they they stay inside the house when it gets blown up so type of that persona total lunatics and then before we debuted they uh put nikki cross uh, with us together as well so but we just been torn with nikki so uh, uh nikki was uh, even before sanity one of our best friends so uh in the end it came all together and uh went great did you think like when Sanity is coming along, did you think like, okay, this is great. We're onto something here because it seems like 
NXT version of Sanity obviously was better than the WWE version. You know what I mean? Like, did you think like, oh man, we could do so much here. We could go to the main roster. Like, what was your thought process about that? Um, Yeah, kind of. So when we started, when we debuted, we, we, everybody told us like from production, everything like higher ups, oh, there's something big is coming. Okay, then we debuted and we we could tell like okay they 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 get behind it and Hannah was hundred percent on board because uh, like his version of it and he wants to make it happen and he wants to have it perfect and everything and he helped a lot with like just creating like speaking out of his mind what he sees and what he wants to have and this and that and so we got told a lot of times that this will be big if that works out. And then also we got put in the direction a lot of times when it did not look like it. So for example, one match, uh, I wrestled too much. And that's what I mean where um, insanity, I learned how to work more in a sports and entertainment way than in a wrestling way because he wanted to have us different. Um, Everybody could wrestle, but I need some psychos. They would kind of like gouge an eye out and just, you know, uh, I don't know, just I I would break my hands just to knock you out with my bones, you know, spiking out of my arm or something. Right. Sick thoughts like this. So, and everybody should be different. Everybody, there's not, one guy is the leader, is Eric Young. He's the, he's the guy, he's psycho enough to control the psychos. And we as psychos, we kind of trust nobody, but because he's also psycho, we would follow him because we know he's up for no good as well. Right. Then yeah. you have Sawyer, or then later uh, uh, Demo, he's like the big guy, you know, he's the monster, the equalizer. I would be the the, the fire starter, I would be the guy who kind of, you know, starts the fight even if I get punched first and then we have Nikki like the, the loose cannon in, in person like everybody's playing around with the gun she's the one who pulls the trigger so we all had like different uh, characters and everything and we they they gave us the creative part on figure it out and they told us in the end less of this more of this and that was the process to to really find like okay what can I do to not wrestle as I have done it in Imperium for example so what can I do just to get more of the character out of myself what can I do just to find the details in my character what what could I do uh, or what could I watch or what what could I study uh, what I could say in a promo what could I do in a moment where I know the cameras right now in me. And everybody helped us with that. And everybody made sure that Sanity became the success in NXT. And we could tell also that it's working because we debuted. Then we had our first showing on a big stage, NXT Toronto. Then um, we went for the eight-man tag in NXT um, Orlando at the WrestleMania weekend. And then we went to Brooklyn. We won the tag titles. Then we went uh, further and further and further. So we had the first War Games match, which was uh, an honor uh, just to be in there, like the first War Games match under a WWE umbrella and just, you know, made eventing one of the takeovers uh, and working together with one of the greats, um, in my opinion. So it was a success in NXT, as you said, not so much in, uh, in WWE, but like, 
I guess that's one of your questions why it doesn't work out that much. So just to take you that question uh, away, yeah. I think two different products and that, that was like a WWE thing. You had like the main roster stuff, which was a little bit more mainstream pop culture ish. And then you had that NXT, which was a little bit more hardcore rock ish. So, you know, even guys who would not uh, watch Ron Smackdown because it's too much sports entertainment BS. I want to see some professional wrestling. They still would watch NXT because it was more edgier. More of a niche crowd, yes. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Like indie, indie wrestling, you know? Or you yeah. have some great guys say, look, uh, I don't know, like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. I watch those guys, PWG, and oh, look, there's Adam Cole. Oh, look who's there and whatever. And then you had like uh, like characters as well who've been more edgier. So Sanity, for example. It's so many ideas for like Sanity. And some of the ideas we, we could do, like even like with like, uh, like the, the burning trash can and stuff like this. They gave us like such great setups for like promos and everything and what we could do, like trashing things and whatever. Not to the extent as we want it to be, because I guess that was a little bit too expensive. But in the end, like we, we had like a little bit more creative freedom and they've been up for that. Like up there, they've been kind of like, ah, let's see. Probably not. Yeah. Because I think it's more PG. Or something. I don't know. Also, too, I guess different writers. I mean, there is no right. There's no writers that are kind of both. There's WWE writers. There's NXT writers. So once you get to WWE, it's going to be different because they're different writers, right? I mean, there's not going to be some synergy. I I would say too much writers, not different oh. writers, because mm-hmm. uh, in NXT you you had one head writer, Joe Becastro. He was great, and then you had. Castro, you had a Triple H, then later you would have Shawn Michaels and William Regal. But William Regal was more like the the mentor guy who kind of like helped with the matches and everything. But like Joe Castro and uh, Triple H together, and they had the ideas, and it was just two guys. And then later with Shawn, or let's say if, if, if someone else was there, so let's say everything went three guys-ish, so around three guys. Up there, the main roster, you have Vince, you have his right and his left hand, then you have tons of writers, yeah. and probably some of them are just being afraid of losing their job, even just attending the meeting. So and that's that's the whole thing. We had, uh, uh, in, we had ideas, because we know you cannot come to the show and just say, okay, what do you have for us? We know you have to go to work, even if, if, if they get paid for it, for it right? But you have to come up with ideas because you have to control your controllable, as John Cena uh, would say. And that's a great advice. But if you cannot control that, what you could control in the end, I mean, yeah, you could control, but you have to know how. And I didn't know. I guess we didn't know. But what we know right now is that some of the writers probably do not have the balls to speak up. And if you down on the food chain and you are working together with the writer who's also down on the food chain and he's not bold enough just to speak up or just pitch an idea that's one thing right you have to go straight to wins so that's what i i learned that's what we haven't done because we didn't know we tried to to be good soldiers and just follow leads so that's uh, that's the whole thing and now i mean there's there's 
on, on, on my part, let's say on our part, because I'm, I'm still in contact with, with Eva and Demo, um, there's there's no animosity and there's no heat. It's just we did not know. Uh, we didn't know. So now we know. But now it's too late. But it's never too late. Uh, that being said, uh, we, we, we are now just wiser. You know, but in that time we we had a writer and we gave him all kind of ideas. We pushed him ideas here and there. Uh, we had one of the writers. Uh, he got released uh, uh, a month after because there was some misconnection of some ideas or whatever. But we pitched him whole ideas, and in the end he got let go because of some reasons. I don't know. I don't remember anymore. Um, and then we had the other uh, writer, and that was, I think, some month before we uh, got split up on, on SmackDown. Um, we pitched him tire ideas. We tried to make something else. We tried. To, we, we did some promos on ourselves in the end, um, just to post on social media, just to stay a little bit relevant. And in the end, uh, you know, we gave him the ideas, and he mentioned, yeah, we have meeting on, I think... Back in the days, they had the meeting for the SmackDown on Tuesdays. They had meeting the Friday before. So, and he, he kept us updated. Yeah, on Friday, I will pitch your idea. And uh, trust me, I know how to speak with wins, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of, yeah, cool, awesome. Looking forward to hear from you, buddy. Right? And then, right. yeah, guys, sorry. Um, did not have the time to pitch the idea. But next week, for sure, I promise. Okay, cool. Next week. Sorry, guys, did not have the time. So in the end, uh, we, we kind of, what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. Are you been there? Are you working? Or you had to go, you know, I don't know, to the restroom? What's, what do you, yeah, there was no time in the meeting like to, to, to bring it up. Okay, but I guess the other guys could do it and you couldn't do it. Okay, good. Five, five weeks in a row. And you think like, oh, fuck wow. us. Dead in the water. Yeah. So and and in the end, it's it's kind of the thing where you where you hear from some other guys that and it's it's a coincidence that you know you have one of those guys, but you hear from so many guys that the majority of of those writers and nothing against them, we're all humans, but if you are afraid of of saying something that you lose your job or whatever. I don't know what, what, what the situation there. I never attended on one of those meetings, but that's one of the things where I think like, why, why are you not pitching the idea we give to you? Like yeah, we following the order of you are the writer guy and you pitch it to in the meeting to the guys above you. And you tell us you, you know how to speak to Vince McMahon and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course you never hear Ah, uh, we do not want to do that, or you guys are the shit, so stay away, or whatever. So nobody's really that honest to you or tell you, guys, you need to work on that. Guys, you need to work on this. You hear it here and there, but you never hear it from the horse's mouth or from the person who got told by the horse's mouth, guys, do this, do this, do this. And then you hear the stories about uh, from other talents who tell you, yeah, my my writer is the shits because he he does not pitch the idea I gave him six weeks ago and we kind of like, wait a minute, 
is that your writer? No, no, yeah. my writer is the other guy. Oh, but our writer has, hasn't pitched the idea four, four weeks ago. And today is week five. So let's see if th this week happens and stuff like this. So, you know, too many writers. Yeah, none of them are pitching ideas and, and you know, who knows why, but it just yeah. it stinks that way. And then it's funny, they bring up Sanity to SmackDown. You guys don't really do much. I mean, a little bit of Usos, a little bit of Jeff Hardy, a yep. little bit of New Day, but it's almost like, wow, then they break you guys up. It was so weird. It was like, wow, they had such mm. promise. And then WWE gets his hands on, like you said, creatively, they don't do yeah. anything with you. It kind of stunk. Yeah, but it is what it is. And even if they haven't done anything or not much without in that one year, uh, we had a great time in SmackDown. We had great time with uh, just being in the locker room, which was great. As you mentioned, New Day and Usos. And we had, the, we had really the privilege to work with those guys. We learned so much from them. Super, super experienced and um, experienced veterans and we had the blast just just chilling with them just having nice time and just having a laugh and having a chat and just being around uh some of the veterans and just you know picking their brains and everything just amazing time to be honest so even if 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 it all sounds sour and again even if i'm had now an entire rant about just being being a writer in wwe i I'm happy about my time in WWE and I'm happy about all the experience I made, especially on SmackDown because I, I traveled around the States and uh, such a beautiful country. I had the chance to work in front of like crowds where I never had the chance to work in front of. I never had the chance to meet the people I met um, in that year. So I'm very grateful for that time. But yeah, as you mentioned, like uh, they, they split us up because uh, Triple H, he kind of like saved us because uh, he thought before we sit there and catering and just turns too sour and just lose our entire like uh, passion for that, he wanted to like split us up and just give us something else to do because he figured that they will not need us anymore before we get like let go or released, right? Because you sit in catering, you, you do not anything, you you get fired, burned, and then that's would would be would be a waste of talent as he mentioned so that being said like uh we, we got up with high hopes because of course you get tell uh, you could told yeah they have big plans for you and they are super high on you guys blah 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 but sometimes it's all a matter of time and that's also a thing you have to understand you cannot be sour for something what you do not get what you got promised but not promised in a in a in, in, a, in a way of a contract so right so printed on on, on paper and signed by somebody yep. if you get promised it just somebody tells you you should not be focusing on that because it's not guaranteed so but again you know now now i'm smarter now i know uh back in the day it was kind of like you got super high hopes up yeah you guys get promoted you guys get to the main roster then there was the first bump into the road. Yeah, you get promoted, but without Nikki Cross, which sucked the life out of the whole character, gimmick, sanity act. Um, because in the end, she got lucky that she got the time we actually all needed in NXT before we got called up. Right. And in the end, like again, as I said, it was a great run in SmackDown for us personally. 
great experience and everything, even if it was not successful, uh, as we would love to to had it. But in the end, it's it's yeah, nothing is guaranteed, and for better we got split up, and then we got separate raised. I mean, EY's experience on Raw was so so. Um, as he as he would say by himself, he he did the best out of it. He tried the most. Uh, Demo had fun in NXT, and I had also time of my life in NXT UK. So, in the end, we got all uh, separated for better. What did you think about Imperium? Like we were kind of joking around before and saying like, okay, then they put you in like the the German faction Imperium yeah. with Walter and Fabian and, and Marcel, aka Ludwig now. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I like that because Imperium is kind of like Ringkampf, and I do not know if you're familiar with that. I've heard of it, yep. Probably. But uh, so for, for the listeners and uh, guys watching, so Ringkampf was an idea from Walter, Marcel, myself, because uh, we used Tor before I went to WWE in Germany together. We've been kind of like click in Germany because we, we shared the locker room and also we shared our, our thoughts about professional wrestling and uh, like like the value of it and everything. So all like the stuff what Imperium talks about is the way we kind of like see wrestling but more in a less uh, characteristic, heelish way. So we think you should respect the sport of professional wrestling and especially the history. You should respect uh, the like the honor of like the sport that people busting their asses and you know just to make a living and also just to provide a show for the people and also busting their asses that the generation after can follow in their footsteps and also have a good living and also you should uh, treat the business as such as your home crown so if you if you look like a bum if you do not take it serious if you, I don't know, if you be disrespectful to the values of professional wrestling, I don't like. There's some guys come to the arena and do not say hello, or just being pricks and whatever. Be disrespectful, being annoying, being, I don't know, like. You should stay out. It's the same like if if you go to martial arts uh, dojo or whatever is like those values, and we always had fun and we always welcomed everybody, but there's some kind of people also, you know, they've been kind of like the misfits of like uh, some, some wrestling stuff. They kind of like moan that they have to work today or just, oh, I'm not feeling to taking any bumps today, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, just go and just, you know, yeah. leave the space for somebody who wants it. Okay. If you're not passionate about it, get the fuck out point. So, and with 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 uh, Ringkampf, it was for us to think, hey, let's let's do a brand with it, okay? So we we share the same passion for it, and because Marcel, so Ludwig, Ludwig's father, Axel Dieter, uh, senior, he was the first German professional wrestler after World War II. So he was the traditional guy of that, and he was kind of he grew up in the tents. Uh, in Germany where they had like the big like tournaments and he witnessed his father just, you know, being successful in the ring and everything. And 
he brought the tradition in there and uh, Walter came from Austria is also a very traditional wrestling company catch wrestling company and for me I, I started really uh, uh, like really young with wrestling started with 13 but I never had really the connection with like the traditional stuff but then I as, as, as I more became like familiar with professional wrestling I kind of like studied more like uh, went back to like the basics like started with like sorry amateur wrestling and like uh, started also with like Brazilian jiu-jitsu just to 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 craft like my 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 style a little bit more like which is a little bit more catch wrestling based so but in the end like we came together we tried to create it like this brand called ring camp then I went to the stage and uh, Marcel and Walter, they debuted Ringkampf for WXW, so it became a wrestling stable. And the wrestling stable grew with Timothy Thatcher, and they had the whole persona down. Like, they came in with the suit and with the pose and being, like, nothing special, black and white, you know, just boots and trunks and catch wrestling style. And later, when, when everybody got signed, besides Timothy... Probably Fabian replaced Timothy Thatcher in that play, in that part. Um, they built an Imperium, and then I joined them, and then we had the entire group of Imperium. So, long story short, the whole German wrestling stable character ish. What I said before is uh, basically what we had with Ringkampf. That it's kind of like nothing special, black and white, and it turned out just to to be a little bit too much of like what Germany actually is and that is this straight persona go forward no smile just you know do your sport say goodbye and leave and that's it very straightforward yes yes yeah. yes by the way I have to apologize my English is no it's great not good today yeah, no, I'm... yeah it's no problem so, like, for you, overall, though, you did have a, a good positive experience with NXT and WB and NXT UK. Yeah, for sure. I, I Again, I learned a lot, and I'm very grateful for the time. Um, I had the chance uh, to live in a life which was crazy because a lot of times, and especially nowadays, um, you miss a lot of things you do not have anymore but when you had it you kind of like took it for certain and that is um that's a valuable experience because it makes you kind of realize that you should value the stuff what you have right now so uh, for example i a lot of times i wasn't aware that i have the opportunity to live in florida so I would be more enjoying Florida life right now because I don't have it anymore. But also, uh, there are some other things like uh, working-wise which I kind of miss and that WWE, you have a sweet life because you do not have to think about anything at all, especially when it comes to organizing stuff. So WWE is such a great company. They take care of you in so many parts and you do not even know it. So a lot of times uh, right now back on the English circuit, I have to, you know, take care of my own merch. I have to take care sometimes of my travel. I have to take care of uh, my food and everything. So WWE, especially in NXT tours, and 
they took care of you like in a really good way. So, but I also like the the most valuable thing I took from WWE was all the knowledge from like the greats. So I had the chance just to to had entire list of great coaches over the time I learned in uh, in the performance center uh, from day one to day zero. Also, I had the chance just to to meet a lot of a lot of my idols, a lot of uh, great great guys, a lot of legends. I had the chance to talk with them, and the difference is there that when you meet them at a, at a, a fan meeting greet, they will like meet you as a fan, but when they when they know you you one of the guys when you one of the family they they give you more inten- uh, intention if that makes sense so and especially when you work close with them together so just be on the learning tree from guys like Shawn Michaels Terry Taylor uh, Robbie Brookside he's a he's a great coach as well and just learning experience and uh, Fit Finlay William Regal just to name a few of them, there are a lot of more. And then uh, you take that out and now you wrestle on the inner circuit again and you have all the knowledge and all those experience, from the, those combined six years, and you can just let it go and enjoy your time in the ring without even overthinking stuff, without, uh, you know, just, just going nuts. Just I just have fun. And that's that's a great part on it because I know how to is it um, how to is under to work under a crazy production, under a live television, under a normal TV production for a TV taping, under um, a normal house show schedule and everything. And right now for me, I just work once or twice a week. Next weekend is off for me, so I my schedule is is I'm busy, but I'm 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 busy to the point where I have enough time just to reflect everything and just to have fun. So life is good. Nice. Very good. As we head towards the finish, we head towards the wind down. You're saying you got stuff coming up. What's next? What's next for Axel? Um, next for me will be there's a double show. There's one smaller show for WXW uh, in Southern Germany. And then there is another show for progress wrestling in the UK. And then afterwards, um, there's some more shows there would be show in Berlin. So the majority of, of my bookings are right now in Germany. Some of my next shows will be in the UK because I try to establish myself more in England right now, especially with companies like Progress. And there's also uh, a promotion who's on the uprising. His name is uh, Carnival of Wrestling which is also a very interesting product. And then sooner or later, I want to establish myself back into the States, maybe uh, some different countries like Japan or what else. So we'll see. Um, I think the future is looking good. And especially now, as I mentioned at the beginning, that world is opening up. Germany is opening up after pandemic, but worldwide as well. We see there are a lot of guys flying over to Japan. Some guys are flying to Mexico and States is running wild, England as well. So, yeah, I think future in general is looking bright and there's so many talents out there. Uh, they're very interesting to work with and a lot of promotions interesting to work with. So, yeah, we'll see what the future brings. But I, I'm positive. I will stay busy and I will stay positive as well. So, yeah, we'll see what the future brings. 
any place in particular you'd like to work, like AEW, New Japan for wrestling, like specific? Is that or, or just kind of more vague about it? No. So, yeah, go big or go home. I think uh, as 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 it shows, I'm I'm from from Dresden, Germany. That's kind of like the east part of Germany, former DDR, which was on the Russian side before the Iron Curtain came down, right? So I'm I'm kind of like. The first time I watched wrestling was five years old and I was dreaming about being a WWE superstar. And then 2014, I got signed to WWE, right? So sky is the limit. Um, and in that case, yeah, of course, I would love to uh, work with AEW and for uh, New Japan, two of the major biggest uh, promotions next to WWE. But also, I would love to work for Ring of Honor. That was actually my goal after WWE, just to see if I could get signed somewhere with Ring of Honor. But then, with the pandemic and everything, was that even possible? Just you know, just to get to negotiation table with them because it said would make no sense. But yeah, Ring of Honor would be a nice goal. Also, a Pro Wrestling Noah is hot right now, so and I always love Pro Wrestling Noah. Just you know, the matches uh, everybody had there from Kenta and uh, Morishima and uh, Nakajima and like all the greats, of course, Kobashi and uh, Misawa. But um, yeah, even like I think Mexico would be interesting as well because never had like the chance to wrestle there, just had time just to wrestle twice in Japan for big Japan wrestling. Um, but yeah. What else? I mean, like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, nice promotions there. It's also like promotions like Impact Wrestling or uh, NWA, for example, MLW. There's so many promotions. So, um, but of course, if 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 you want to perform on a high level, you would need to go to the bigger promotions, of course. Anybody you specifically would like to wrestle? Maybe like one or two names or a couple names. Guys, you're like, man, I gotta wrestle that guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian Dennis, of course, because if you want to be the best, you have to, be, uh, yeah, battle with the best. And I always like considered him as one of the best technical wrestlers. Um, again, like I, I mentioned, Pro Wrestling Noah back in the day, and uh, they, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah and Ring of Honor, they had this working relationship where they had like guys like Kenta uh, working in ROH and guys like uh, Brian Dennis working in Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah, um, so. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy good matches, and that that is one of the most influential times for me. And I'm still to this day, I'm still watching those matches and just try to 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 pick up uh, or just you know just see some stuff which I can could use and reinvent uh, for my style. But uh, yeah, he would wanna uh, would be one of the guys, and um, I think like in general, like AEW has so many like great talents. Uh, even like from 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 the newer like Darby Allen for example he's he's also great and I could the list goes on and on and on just thinking about it but I have not really a particular list of that um, I'm more like and I always say that in interviews I do not really have a particular list on guys I would love to wrestle if I think about some guys but this would take too much time right now I would come up with some names but it's more like a feeling but what I would like to do is I would love to wrestle in different places, famous places. For example, a Tokyo Dome or Madison Square Garden. That is a thing which is always like one of my big like achievements just to wrestle at 
a famous place where I could say, hey, I once wrestled there or I once had the chance to perform there. You see this place over there? I wrestled there. That was That is like something in my mind where I just always get the smile on my face where I think, hey, next week, I wrestled in the Tokyo Dome, kind of that. You know what I mean? Or just yep, last week, absolutely. remember, like when you, because uh, in WWE, I had the chance like to experience like one of the crazy feelings. I always have that in my head. And this one experience, I want to share this. Uh, the first time with Sanity, when we came up on the big stage, it was the pre-show taping for NXT it, uh, NXT Toronto, the takeover Toronto in 2016. So we debuted, uh, I think it was September, but in tapings was October. So in November 2016, there was NXT takeover in Toronto. And on the pre-show taping, there was um, a match Rich Swan against some other dude. And we came out and interrupt the match. And they heard our music once or twice, but we already got super over. However, they played our music and the entire stadium was full with around like 15,000 people filled. Got nuts. Like really lost their shit. You had the helicopter, right? You had the, had the, uh, um, the, the, the sound Siren of like, stuff, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, like the, the entire like stick. And then we came out and the bus and everything. And then we came with the stage like the stage was a little bit higher and we came out when we, when we had the little pause on the stage, you had time like to, like to fill out the entire arena. And like, as I remember, we got out there and it felt like kind of an entire ocean of fans. It was just 15,000 fans, but it felt like so much more. And like the entire energy they gave towards us with like screaming and yelling. It, that's a memory that's I have forever. And that was one of the things where, where I said to myself, that was the first big stage experience for me in WWE, but like also as like so many people there. And that is something what kind of like got me addicted to it. And I'm like, I'm not nervous if I, if it comes to working in front of those many people, so I'm more nervous when it comes to working in front of 50 people than 5,000 people, for example, because it's it's so much more um, kind of like energetic if you work at such a big capacity. And that feeling, just imagine it, it would be a Madison Square Garden or it would be a stadium or it would be a Tokyo Dome or something. So that's something what I'm more like thriving forward than just working against a particular person. Gotcha. Before we let you go, where can everybody find you? all your social um, media and all your uh, you know all your other stuff going on yeah so you can find me on instagram xmen3016 wolf or on twitter xmen3016 uh that's all for my social media and at my social media profile you find a link to my link tree and there you find like all like the different ki uh, kinds of shop uh, for merchandise or like uh, promotion stuff. Um, for example, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. You can find me at Pro Wrestling Tees under uh, X-Men or Axel Tischer. And yeah, also everything what you need to know is in my social media profile. So go check them out and give me a follow. All right. Awesome stuff, Axel. Thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it.
Okay, thank you. And again, uh, sorry for the bad English, but uh, today is a stressful day for me, so yeah, I had good, to collect good. my... Also, I will lose my English the more I spend my time in Germany, so... Yes, true. I yeah. need to make sure to come back to the States just to pick up my, my English again. <laughs> good point, but Axel, thank you so much. Cool, thank you. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.